Inspire Radio, bringing the feel-good feeling to every day. A warm welcome to the Inspire Radio podcast. The Inspire Radio podcast is an opportunity to listen again to one of the thought-provoking and inspirational interviews brought to you by the team here at Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio is online 24 hours a day, seven days a week with inspirational guests from around the world, feel-good music, the quiet zone, Inspire Smooth, the meditation hour as well. Inspire Radio is your truly feel-good radio station. Sit back and enjoy the podcast from the team at Inspire Radio. With inspirational guests from across the world, this is Inspire Radio. You're listening to Inspire Radio, your truly feel-good radio station. Welcome to the Happiness Hour with me, Carolyn King, where we increase the happiness in the world one story at a time. So today I have the gorgeous Sarah Raspach from SLR Wellness with us. Sarah is originally from the UK and has been living in Perth for 10 years now. She is a mama bear to two beautiful kids and a wife to a crazy Kiwi. Over the years, she has experienced her fair share of health and wellness issues, which include hormone imbalances, Gilbert's syndrome, which is a liver condition that leaves you feeling lethargic, sluggish and emotionally depleted, Ross River virus from a mosquito bite that left her in bed for 12 weeks, polycystic ovaries and fertility treatments, a drinking habit that was definitely creeping up on her, a weak immune system from glandular fever, and extreme periods of stress and overwhelm. Her mission in life is to create a supportive, happy, informative, and collaborative group of women who can share their experiences, ask questions without fear of judgment, and learn from each other along the way. Wow, Sarah, you really have had a lot thrown at you in this life. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Let's dive right in because you really have had so many things and I love that you were able to share that because so many people out there go through a lot of different turmoils and experiences in their life and they quite often feel alone. So it's great that you're able to share these stories so people know they're not alone. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, and it's funny, isn't it? Because when you say it like that and you read it all out, I go, wow, okay, I have had quite a few things to deal with because I think sometimes you block out those bad times, don't you? And um, when you mentioned the Ross River virus and now I've suddenly had a a memory come back of those 12 weeks, which were really difficult. Um, But no, so I guess my background has always been, um, I'm a very all or nothing person. I always have been, always will be, I think. I'm working on it, I'm trying, but... um, it's something that um, I'm quite driven, I'm quite passionate, and I'm definitely um, in the kind of early days of my career in London, it was very much the case of burning the candle at both ends. Um, I was not in tune with my body at all. I didn't listen to the signs that um, my body was trying to give me to tell me that it was um, getting run down, that I was pushing too hard. Um, And so then I do think that quite a few of the things that I have experienced have been um as a result of the fact that I wasn't listening to my body and my body just got to the point of going I'm going to make you stop because you're not stopping um there's a couple of books I've read that um the body speaks the mind and and books like that that really kind of um correlate this quite strongly and it's something I'm really fascinated in but as I said so I had got to the point where um you know in, in London in the late 90s and 2000s um it was a real drinking culture I worked in recruitment 
Um, I mean, my job interview was in the pub and it was very much about how much could I drink? Could I hold my own with the big boys around the table? Um, and I wore my drinking capability as a badge of honour. That was something that, you know, I was proud of and, um, and I thought was something that made me um, a better person or a stronger person. Um, it was very much the ladette culture of the 90s in the UK where it was girl power and girls were out there doing it like the boys um, and drinking like the boys. And so I think at that point, I just developed um, a way of drinking, which was go hard or go home. Um, and so it was always very much um, drink to get drunk. It was never really, oh, let's just go and have a couple of quiet glasses of wine with dinner. There was very much always that mentality of when you went out drinking, it was with the mission um, of getting quite drunk. And so, of course, looking back now, I can see that that played um, and what I now know about my um, liver and detox, um, how your liver um, processes estrogen, for example, is, is all related to um, if your liver is being overloaded with alcohol, it can't um, get to the point of being able to process the estrogen in your body. So all of the symptoms that I've been and the conditions that I've had as, as the years have gone by, I think probably have had quite a a strong um, link to the amount that I have been drinking and, and the fact that I just wasn't looking after myself um, as well as I should have been. So when we moved to Australia, um, I had had a baby and, um, and I guess I found it quite hard to make friends, to meet people. It is hard moving to the other side of the world when you don't know anyone. And I'd come from quite a high flying career to I was now a mum. I didn't have a job. We've moved to the other side of the world. My husband was going to work um, and I got pregnant again very quickly. Um, and so then I had two, um, an 18 month old and a newborn in a city where I didn't really know anyone. My husband was going to work every day and I was on my own. It was a really, really difficult time. And it got to the point where the, the five o'clock glass of wine was the thing that I was looking forward to more and more. Um, it was my take the edge off things. It was my, you deserve it, you've had a hard day. Um, and I'd never at that point really drunk that much on my own. I'd always been a real social drinker, but I had never been someone that drank, you know, on their own at home. So that definitely started um, and that definitely became, um, and that continued really. My kids are now nine and 11 um, and the drinking um, had crept up to a level that I probably wasn't that comfortable with, but I just didn't really know any other way like alcohol had always been around me it had always been something that was a part of my life and it had never been considered a negative thing um so I had never really put two and two together that I'm I was starting to suffer from anxiety I was starting to suffer from um feeling really really down and a couple of times I'd gone to my GP and I talked about it um at no point had they asked me how much are you drinking um whereas perhaps if they had then I maybe would have linked the alcohol with how I was feeling, but I just didn't do that. And um, the, the question didn't come up. Um, and then the kids got that little bit older. I um, made a whole um, group of friends um, through schools, through mum's groups. Um, and, you know, of, of course, a lot of socialising is done with the drinks. Um, and, and, you know, even playdates sometimes you would go to and um, no matter what the time, the wine's cracking open and I was always the first there doing it um, I, and I didn't want it to end. So that was the, the issue. Other people seem to go, oh, I've had a couple of glasses of wine. That's enough for me. Whereas for me, 
when I'd had a couple of glasses, that was never quite enough. And, and then I wanted to go home so that um, I could get the kids to bed and then I could carry on drinking. Um, and so in 2017, I um, had read, I read a post on a Facebook group that I was in, a mum's, um, a running Facebook group actually, where a woman had said that she'd read a book um, about giving up alcohol and it had changed her life. And it's the first time it had ever occurred to me that there was a way of living a life without alcohol and that it might actually be a benefit. It might be a positive thing because up until that point to me, people that didn't drink were just weird and people that didn't drink were not worth spending time with because all I wanted to do was surround myself with people who were drinkers like me. Um, and so I decided I'm going to take a break. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to read this book. And I, and I did. And I took three months off and I felt amazing. Um, I felt really, really good. But the problem was that I didn't have, um, I hadn't done the work that I now know you need to do if you want to really be able to get um, quite solid in your sobriety and be able to really live a life without alcohol because it's really hard in a culture where it's at you, it, you know, we're, we're made to believe that we need alcohol to celebrate, to commiserate because you've had a good day, because you've had a bad day, because you've gone to a wedding, a birthday or whatever. And, and it's so readily accepted and expected that you will drink. Um, but I did those three months, but then it felt a bit like, well, I can't possibly do this forever. So I'll, I'll go back to drinking, but it's okay because I've had three months off. So therefore I can't possibly have a problem. I'm fixed now and I'll go back to drinking, um, thinking that, that everything was going to be okay. And within a month, I was back to drinking at the levels that I had been previously, um, perhaps even a little bit more because that's the way that alcohol works. And now through all of the coaching and the reading and Everything that I've done, I, I, I now know that. So what followed there was a couple of years of real kind of um, introspection into myself, having this real mental tussle of, wow, you felt really good when you didn't drink. Um, you feel crap when you do drink. Why are you still drinking? Um, and, and, and why don't you, you know, step back from it? And, and then there was... Um, I would feel quite bad about myself. Like, why couldn't I drink like other people? Why couldn't I just have two glasses? Why was I always having more? Um, so there was a couple of years of a lot of questioning that I was doing for myself. Um, and then in April, 2019, um, I set the date. Um, I knew that was gonna be my date. And I knew that that was gonna be the time that I would embark on living life without alcohol. Um, and that's been it. So it's almost two years now. Um, and I have, I mean, my life has changed beyond recognition in that two years. I have left the corporate world. I have retrained to be a women's well-being coach. Um, and I am slowly but surely trying to, to, to spread the message to to other women, to um, to mums, that, that there is um, there is another way of um, of de-stressing. There is another way of connecting with people. I think I had always associated alcohol with the way to connect and meet other women because that's how I'd always done it. Um, whereas now I found that the connections you make when you're drinking, they're not really that authentic. Um, and you know, we all love having a few drinks. Well, I certainly did, and telling all my secrets to some stranger that I'd never met before. But then the shame that I would feel the next day when I saw them at the school gate, and I'd be thinking, "Oh my goodness, what did I tell you last night?" Um, so what I've realised now is that connection was never really that authentic. So what I'm I'm very much about now is women creating 
authentic and real connections, supporting each other um, and being able to experiment with a life, a happy life without alcohol. Wow. And I think thank you so much for sharing your story, because I think it's such a serious problem. Alcohol is one of those things that can creep into our life. And we do have a culture where it's part of everything. And we, we can become unaware of just how much we're drinking. And I think you've already shared with us, you know, removing alcohol from your life really has made an in- impact, hasn't it? It's really made you happier removing impact, uh, removing alcohol from your life. Oh, it's, it's just so different. I know myself now. Before, I didn't know myself because before, every time I had any kind of emotion, whether it was a, a happy emotion or a sad emotion or angry or frustrated or jealous or upset, I just reached for a glass of wine because that was my way of dealing with that emotion. So I didn't feel the feelings. So they, they say actually in the world of sobriety that when if you've been a heavy drinker, when you stop drinking, you almost resort to having the emotional ability of the age you were when you started drinking because you have not used anything else in your toolkit to deal with emotions because you've just used alcohol. And it was certainly the case for me. As I said to you, you when I was lonely, when we moved to Australia, when I had an argument with my husband, when I had an argument with my mum, or even when I was happy and I wanted to celebrate something, the go-to thing in any of those moments was have a glass of wine. But I wasn't actually um, particularly dealing with negative emotions. I wasn't processing them and I wasn't dealing with them. I was numbing and I was blocking them out. Whereas now I have built a toolkit of, ways that I know are my non-negotiables now that I need to be doing in my life to make sure that I can manage my stress and and manage the emotions as they come up because sobriety isn't some magic pill that suddenly your life's wonderful and you don't have have to deal with a rubbish situation again of course you do that's life but now I've learned ways of dealing with that without it having to be at the bottom of a glass of chardonnay or whatever Wow. Well, thank you for sharing your life. We are going to have to head into a short break. So you are listening to the Happiness Hour on Inspire Radio, where today I'm joined by the wonderful Sarah Rusbatch from SLR Wellness. Looking forward to chatting with Sarah some more after this short break. With feel-good music by day, relaxing music by night, this is Inspire Radio. Be happy, be inspired. You probably think you're pretty good at multitasking behind the wheel. I mean, you have to multitask to drive. So what's wrong with checking your phone? The thing is, your brain simply doesn't work. Even a quick look at the message, a for quick reply, affects your concentration and makes you less able to react to hazards. If you use a mobile phone while driving, you're four times more likely to crash. Think. Put your phone away. Attention, please. Weird Health Span would like to tell you something that, quite possibly, you didn't already know. Not all supplements are created equal. I know. Who'd have thought? We travel the entire globe to find the best ingredients for our vitamins and supplements. From the southern slopes of India for our turmeric to the cold, crisp seas of Greenland for our cod liver oil. Because that's the Health Span way. Well, there you go. It's not every day you learn something new, is it? We're Health Span. That's healthspan.co.uk. Vitamins and supplements, in-store or direct to your door. This is Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio. And welcome back to the Happiness Hour on Inspire Radio today, where I am joined by the wonderful Sarah Rusbatch from SLR Wellness. Now, before the break, Sarah was sharing with us her journey into how she really realised she was drinking too much alcohol and how eliminating that alcohol from her life has literally changed her life and helped her to become a happier person. 
So with everything you've gone through, Sarah, I'd really like to ask you, and I know you're making an impact in the world, what exactly are you doing and how are you supporting other women? So quite a few ways, actually. So I've got two, um, two main ways that I do that. One is I have a global Facebook group, which um, at the moment has about, I think we're approaching 1,700 women. Um, it is the most supportive community of women who are, as I said, global all around the world. People are posting every day. They are sharing, supporting um, everything to do with women's health. So it's, um, and the, I'd say the majority of the women in the group are kind of late 30s to late 40s. Um, and so dealing with hormonal um, issues, menopause issues, deciding to reduce alcohol intake, wanting to, to improve their gut health. So we talk about all of those things. Um, it's a really vibrant community. And I know from my own experience that when you do take, um, decide to stop drinking alcohol, it can be quite lonely if particularly a lot of your friends are still drinking. Um, and so the, the online community is so crucial to, to getting that support and knowing that you're not alone. So I have that. And then I also, um, and that's called the Women's Wellbeing Collective. So it's a Facebook group called the Women's Wellbeing Collective. And then the other um, thing that I have is um, here in Perth, in WA, I have a monthly meetup group for women who want to meet and socialize without alcohol. And that's called Perth Sober Socials. So we meet up once a month um, and we just do fun things without alcohol. Um, and it's not that you have to be 100% um, sober to come to these events. It's just that we don't drink at the events. So it's such um, an awesome group of women who come from all walks of life, all ages, um, who are sober curious or have been sober for 10 years or there's a real range. But everyone is on that mission to um, to explore life without alcohol. So we've got a hike coming up in a couple of weeks. We've done some great dinners. We're going to do a stand up paddleboard lesson soon um, because my mission is very much that sobriety doesn't have to mean boring. Um, that's what my perception was before I stopped drinking. I thought, well, if I stop drinking, I'm going to have no life um, and my life will just be really boring. Whereas now my life is more fulfilling and fun than it, it was before. Um, and I still go out and I still socialize and I still get dressed up and I'm such a girl's girl and I love doing all of those things and I still do it. Um, I just do it without alcohol. But my mission now is to... Um, to bring some of the wonderful alcohol-free wines and champagnes that are on the market to Perth. Um, so something else that I have been asked to do actually is to become a distributor for um, an awesome company in New South Wales who um, import some of the best French alcohol-free champagnes and wines to Australia. Um, and they have just um, going to start um, offering it here in WA in Perth as well. So I'm actually soon going to be hosting Perth's first alcohol-free cocktail party. So, um, which I'm super excited about because, again, it's just about spreading the word that you can still go out, have fun, drink really nice wines and champagnes that don't have alcohol in them. Because the thing that's been most frustrating for me sometimes is I go out for, you know, drinks or cocktails with my friends. Um, they all obviously have a wide selection of drinks available to them. And when I ask, what have you got available for on the non-alcoholic menu? It's literally Coke or lemonade. I'm like, do I look 10 years old? Like, I'm, I'm, I want to have a decent drink. Um, so I'm very passionate about bringing this. There is so much available in the UK. Um, and my mission is to start bringing some more of that to, um, to Australia as well. 
Wow, there's so much in what you just said. I love it all, pulling it apart. You know, you've got your, your global Facebook group where you're really supporting women in all those different areas that we've talked about. I love your monthly meetup group. I want to do stand-up paddleboarding. I mean, it sounds like so much fun. that. And you're right. I think people think that the only time they can have fun is when they have a bit to drink and let their inhibitions go and they act a bit silly. But we can act silly without alcohol and then we don't feel so bad and we don't feel that shame afterwards because we've had full control over that silliness. It hasn't gone too far, whereas I think with alcohol you can sometimes go that step too far and then wake up in the morning, not only feel really bad physically but also feel bad mentally and emotionally because of something you've said or done and even worse still, maybe not even remembered what you've said or done. So I love that you're bringing fun back into into everybody's life without having to need that extra extra drug, I guess, alcohol is a drug, to, to make people f- relax. And, of course, alcohol-free wines and an alcohol-free cocktail party. How fun does that sound? Is everyone going to have to dress up for that cocktail party? Absolutely. I want everyone full cocktail dresses, hair and makeup, the whole lot. And they're all going to be like mocktails. Are they going to be called mocktails in or are they going to be still cocktails that are alcohol-free? I haven't decided that yet. At the moment, I'm just, because we've just had this lockdown in Perth, it's kind of thrown things off a little bit in terms of my planning. So we're just getting to the point of um, of finishing that. But my plan is to have sort of five or six different types of alcohol-free drinks available for people to try because so many people think, oh, alcohol-free champagne, all it is is fizzy apple juice, whereas it's come a long way since then. Um, and Actually, the way that they now refer to it, um, I got a French alcohol-free champagne the other day. I had it delivered. And it's on the label. It's called, it's liberated from alcohol champagne. I love that. (laughs) I love that too, liberated from, you you could call your group that liberated from alcohol. I know. Isn't it so great? Because the thing is that they make these champagnes by de-alcoholizing them. So it actually is French champagne that's been de-alcoholized. Whereas most of the, um, the, the, you know, the ones that you find in the supermarket, etc., they're just like fizzy apple juice. I mean, they're so sweet. Whereas when you can find a wine or a champagne that's been de-alcoholized, it still pretty much tastes like this, the real thing. But, um, but you just don't get the headache in the morning. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. And I love that you're looking at being a distributor for that because I think we need more. I agree. We need more options you know, on the market, we, when we go out, yeah. we want lemonade or Coke or, you know, juice or whatever. Sometimes we want something that makes us feel a little bit like we're drinking some wine and joining in, but not having the alcohol so that you don't have the after effects of it. That's wonderful. Okay. I love it. I love where the world's going and I love the way that people have these different ideas to to really help us, you know, get through some of the things that sort of take over. So I love it. Well, thank you for sharing that. We are going to head into another break now. You are listening to the Happiness Hour on Inspire Radio today, where I'm joined by the wonderful Sarah Rusbatch from SLR Wellness. We will be back after this short break. Time for another inspirational quote from Inspire Radio. Be happy. Be inspired. Hi, this is Ruth from Inspired Conversations. Consistent purpose is not enough to make life happy, but it is an almost indispensable condition of a happy life. Bertrand Russell. Inspire Radio, bringing the feel-good feeling to every day. 
Welcome back to the Happiness Hour on Inspire Radio today, where I am joined by the wonderful Sarah Rosbach from SLR Wellness. Before the break, Sarah was shared, Sarah, sorry, Sarah was sharing all about all the things that she's doing at the moment to support other women. She has a wonderful global Facebook group. She creates monthly meetups in Perth where they get to do really fun things that are like stand-up paddleboarding, which I, like I said, I'd love to join in, but I am on the other side of Australia, so I can't mm-hmm. do that with you. And also creating alcohol-free events such as a cocktail party, which sounds like so much fun. But what I'd really like to ask you now, with everything that you're doing, so you're busy supporting and inspiring other women you're also a mama bear to two beautiful kids and I know how busy it gets as they get older and head towards their teenage years you also said you're a wife to a crazy kiwi so I'm sure that keeps you busy how do you look after your mental and emotional well-being what do you do to create balance in your life first thing for me was really identifying what are my non-negotiables so what are the things that me Sarah Rusbach needs in order to be able to give everything that I give to everybody else. Um, and when I sat down and wrote that list, it, it has become something now that I know I have to stick to. Um, and the absolute number one for me is being alcohol free. Um, that is the backbone to kind of everything that I'm able to do now. Um, I meditate regularly, um, which again, I mean, if you'd asked drunk Sarah what she thought of meditation, she just, <laughs> just laughed in your face, but um, but. Sarah is loving meditation. Um, so I try to make sure that I meditate um, most days, even if it's just for, for five or 10 minutes. Um, I ensure that I have regular um, time scheduled into my diary that is me time, that is something that I am doing for me because I know I need that. Even if it's just, I mean, for me, the ultimate luxury is being able to sit on the sofa on a Saturday afternoon with a beautiful cup of tea and a china teacup reading a book that I really want to read. To have that time and to, to allow myself to know that I deserve that time has been massive. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's, it's moving into the mindset of knowing that self-care isn't selfish and that looking after myself means that I can look after everybody else. Um, so it's making a list, having a, what in the sober world, we call it our sober toolkit. So what are the things that I can do to support me instead of reaching for a glass of wine? Um, It's going for a walk with a really good podcast that inspires me. Um, It's connecting. My connection is a massive value for me, um, as you can see from what I'm doing with the groups that I'm doing, but I need my own connections with my friends. So it's ensuring that I have a phone call with one of my best friends in the UK or it's seeing a girlfriend here for a walk. Um, So it's making sure that I've got that connection um, and exercise. Exercise for me is absolute. um, I am really grumpy if I don't exercise so I have to make sure that I I get that in and you know one of the things that no one tells you when you give up alcohol is that you become a sugar fiend and you just want all the sugar and and I was so surprised by this because I've never had a sweet tooth before but of course if you think how much sugar is in alcohol when you stop drinking alcohol your body's going whoa hold on I want sugar and so um I have tried to remove sugar from my diet as well because I know that it actually really affects my mood um, and really affects um, so many things, my sleep, um, all of those things. So I know if I'm looking after myself nutritionally um, and and making sure that I've got some downtime and some me time that everything else kind of ticks along really well. 
And you said something really powerful in all of that. You said self-care is not selfish. And I think that's really important to impart and share with everybody that when we look after ourselves, that's not being selfish. That's actually filling up our own cup so that we can do what we need to do for everyone else, especially as a busy mum, as a wife, as someone that supports other women. Um, and, and anything you do in life, we need to make sure we look after our own mental and emotional well-being and that self-care is different for all of us for some of us like you said it's meditation and exercise and cutting out alcohol uh, reading a good book for others it might be having a good bath or a really good sleep in or you know self-care there's so many different aspects to self-care and we have to really encourage people to understand it is not selfish to look after us to look after ourselves and also we want the next generation to understand that. So I think by doing that, you're living by example and you're an inspiration to your children. So I yeah. applaud you for that and I, and I love that that you're doing what you're doing. Thank you. It's, it's a journey, you know, it's something that hasn't come overnight and it's something that I keep working on myself um, because I think as busy mums, we really, really struggle to prioritise ourselves. Um, I run a group coaching program for women and I was going to call it prioritize me but then I thought no one's going to sign up to that because most women think that they don't actually deserve to prioritize themselves so I called it rediscover me and it sold out in like two weeks <laughs> so it just goes to you know but 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 it's it's about the framing it that shouldn't be the case it shouldn't be that women don't feel that they sh they are allowed to prioritize themselves. Uh, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think it's just changing that culture around what self-care means and how important it is. So we can really, like I said, re-educate the next generation. Totally. Thank you for that. We are going to head into another short break. You are listening to the Happiness Hour on Inspire Radio today, where I am joined by the wonderful Sarah Rosbach from SLR Wellness. Looking forward to chatting with Sarah some more after this short break. This is Inspire Radio. Time now for another Gratitude Encounter Moment with Kevin Monroe. Welcome to this Gratitude Encounter Moment, a gem designed to enrich your life, work, and family through the practice and practical application of gratitude. One day, one moment at a time. I'm your guide, Kevin Monroe. In this gem, I want to answer a question people often ask about gratitude. When is the best time to practice gratitude? Well, my usual answer is it depends. When's the best time for you? Let me suggest a few, and then I'll suggest what I believe is the all-time best time. Hey, gratitude is such a great way to start the day. So whatever that means for you, once you are awake enough to focus your, your time, attention, your heart on gratitude, that's a great time to practice gratitude. Another great time is towards the end of your day. Bookend your day. Both start and bring it to a close by focusing on gratitude. What was the best part of my day today? There's several other times, break time, meal time, when you can pause and focus on what you are grateful for at the start of a work session or a meeting, at the end of a work session or meeting. Those are so many awesome times to Focus on gratitude. But I want to ask you a question. I don't mean it to be a trick question, but what is the absolute best time to express gratitude? You figured it out. Now, hands down, now is always the best time to express gratitude. So why not pause right now for just a moment and identify something you want to express gratitude for and do it now. 
Hey, thanks for joining me for this, Jim. If you'd like to contact me to learn more how to grow gratitude in your life, work, or family, WhatsApp me at plus one four zero four seven one three zero seven one three. Hey, I hope you've realized that gratitude is too good to keep to yourself. Pass it on to somebody today. This is Inspire Radio. Inspire Radio. And welcome back to the Happiness Hour on Inspire Radio today, where I am joined by the wonderful Sarah Rusbatch from SLR Wellness. So before the break, Sarah was really sharing with us how she maintains her mental health and well-being. And she said something really powerful, which we did discuss a little bit, which was self-care is not selfish. And I think we all need to really understand what that means and find what self-care means for us. We need to put ourselves first so that we can do what we need to do for everybody else or for the rest of, for everything else that we need to do in life. But what I'd like to ask you now, Sarah, is do you have any tips for our listeners? Absolutely. I think if we were looking at the alcohol-free um, side of things and if there are, if, you know, some listeners who are thinking, where would I even start with trying to stop drinking, um, which was a question that I certainly had, um, then I would say come into my Facebook group. Um, I share a lot of tips um, about how to get started. There are some wonderful books that you can find um, now that have been written with regards to giving up alcohol, um, and they are amazing. So Sober Positive is one, Alcohol Explained is another. I think joining a connect, um, and connecting with a group of women who are in the same place um, is a really powerful tool. I certainly would not have been able to um, get through particularly the first few months of sobriety if I hadn't had that connection. And I think getting really clear on your why, because as we all know, um, motivation runs out. Motivation will only get you so far. And then you're going to hit a stumbling block and you're going to hit a, a difficult period where someone's going to be shoving a, a wine under your nose or someone's going to be whispering in your ear, oh, go on, just have one or, or, or any of those things. And you've got to be, um, you've got to get clear on your why, because otherwise we all um, crumble quite quickly if we don't really know why we're doing it. So something I did at the very beginning of my um, journey was write down the 10 reasons that I was going to live my life alcohol-free or why my life was going to be better alcohol-free. And after I'd done 10, I then did another 10 because it's actually when you do the second 10 that you actually start to really get into the heart of why it's important to you and, and, and why you want to do it. And the other thing to really remember is to be kind to yourself. Um, it, it's difficult giving up a, an addictive drug in a society where it's being thrust at us so much at every opportunity. I heard something the other day that in the US last year, they spent $2.3 billion just on um, marketing for alcohol. So if you've got a country that's spending that much money just on the marketing, no wonder we're all led to believe that it's going to make us sexier, funnier, happier, um, all of those things. But actually, it doesn't do any of that. It's just a marketing ploy. So there's nothing wrong with you if you're finding it hard to stop. Um, it's you know it is an addictive drug and we have all been conditioned to believe that we should just be able to have the one or two and and all of those things so um, definitely come and join my Facebook group I'd love to support anyone who wants to um, with regards to overall well-being it for me it comes down to what we have just talked about self-care is not selfish and as soon as I realized that and as soon as I started actually tuning into my body Something I have written on my computer that I have looking at me all the time is um, what does my body need right now? Yeah. 
because sometimes I forget sometimes I'm like oh my goodness I'm really thirsty but I've just been working so hard or I'm actually really really feeling overwhelmed and stressed and anxious right now I need to just go and do some deep breathing and if we've got that reminder and we keep asking ourselves because our body is really the it, it gives us feedback all the time but quite often we're just not listening Absolutely. And I think you've shared so many powerful, powerful tools there to help people understand that this is a process. It's a journey. It's not something that you just decide to do. We need to make sure that we can support ourselves through that. And I like that you said you have a note on your computer or on your desk that sort of reminds you what does my body want right now? Because we need those reminders. We do get, you know, we get bombarded with so much information coming to us from so many different avenues. And we have so many things we need to or feel we need to achieve that we put ourselves last. And when you've got that note that says, what does my body need right now? It makes you stop. Oh, have I had my glass of water? Have I eaten lunch? Have I, what have I done today for me? Have I moved? All those little things, if we listen to our body, make a huge difference on our life. Yeah. Well, thank you so much today, Sarah. You have shared so much. And I, like I said at the start, I really feel that this is a powerful story that we need to share more of about how alcohol creeps into our life and how it can really literally change our life when we remove ourselves. And what was the word that we used? We liberate ourselves from alcohol. I think that's fantastic. So I know our listeners are going to want to get in contact with you. How can they contact you or where can they find you? So my website is um, it's almost ready to go. So at the moment, it's um, you can go onto my website, which is just slrwellness.com, um, where you can sign up to my weekly newsletter, um, where I share lots of tips and support on women's health, a lot around sobriety. Um, and you'll be able to then um, go onto my wait list for the program. So I'm now um, a, a coach for women's well-being, but I'm also just about to finish my qualifications for coaching um, for what they call grey area drinking. So for people who are in that place where they are drinking a lot and finding it hard to stop, but would not class themselves as physically dependent on alcohol. Um, so it's a whole, um, I mean, I could talk for hours about that, but I won't. But if anybody does want some support with regards to giving up alcohol, because it can be really hard, then um, slrwellness.com is my website where there'll be lots of information about the coaching I offer. Um, and then on Instagram, I am slrwellness. And on Facebook, I'm SLR Wellness. And then my Women's Wellbeing Collective is the group that you can join. Um, as I said, about 1,700 women all across the world supporting each other. Um, and for those of you in Perth, a big hello to you. And it's Perth Sober Socials. Lovely. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Sarah. No, no problem at all. I thank you for the opportunity to share my story. I think the more that we talk about this, um, as you can tell, I'm so passionate about it. Um, and, and there are so many women suffering alone. And I just wanted to let them know that they don't need to. And look, I love that you're passionate about it and we can hear it in your voice, but that's because you've gone through it. You know what it feels like. You've experienced it. And you've also experienced what it feels like on the other end of liberating yourself. So I love what you do. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And if you would like more information about how I'm increasing happiness in the world, you can check out my website, empoweredhappiness.com. And, of course, you can check out Inspire Radio's full program schedule at inspireradio.co.uk, online 24-7. Fantastic shows there. So go, go there, check it out. Have Inspire Radio playing in the background. I love listening to the radio station. And finally, a big thank you to you, our listeners, for taking the time out today to listen to the Happiness Hour. This is Inspire Radio, your truly feel-good radio station. Be happy, be inspired. 
Thank you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast. Maybe you would like to appear as a guest on the Inspire Radio. If you would, simply email inspire at inspireradio.co.uk. Check out our website as well, inspire at inspireradio.co.uk for all our program schedules, presenter information and the latest podcasts where you can listen again. Check out our Facebook page, which is Inspire Radio UK. Once again, a big thank you for you for taking the time out to listen to this podcast brought to you by the team at Inspire Radio. Copyright applies. This, 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 this is Inspire Radio.